quick reminder to please check out and subscribe to the Oakland Warriors YouTube channel. I post these episodes. I shoot the video of it and I post them on YouTube. I have some really, really fun, interesting interactions with people in the YouTube comments. So uh, if you want to get in on that, please uh, jump on over to youtube.com slash Oakland Warriors and check us out over there. Yo, what up? Welcome to another episode of the Oakland Warriors podcast. I'm Patrick, flying solo. So the Warriors, they beat the Chicago Bulls at Chase Center 119-111, and that puts the Warriors at 12-11, and 11, an impressive 10-1 and 1 at home for as bad as they've been on the road. Uh, that home record is is still pretty, pretty nice. The one thing that's kind of saved them so far, and it was a... Uh, a good game for the Warriors in general. It got dicey towards the end. They let the rope slip a little bit. And Chicago, of course, has uh, they've had a rough year, but they do have talent. They have pride, and they'll keep coming, coming at you. This puts the Warriors in eighth place, <laughs> back in eighth place, uh, twelve and eleven on the season. They're right behind, half a game behind the Kings and half a game in front of the Wolves, uh, and only three and a half out of the top spot. So again, I just really appreciate that this team is in a position, is in a a state where games are like fun and competitive and interesting, right? Again, just a few weeks back, the Warriors would have gotten smoked in a game like this when they were so lifeless and just relying on Steph. And again, like as a symbol of how they're back into a groove, uh, Steph doesn't have to be the leading scorer in every single game for this team to have a chance. It was Jordan Poole who had a pretty impressive shooting night overall. He came in early when Steph got into uh, some quick foul trouble, but 11 for 18 in 23 minutes, 30 points. And then Clay, uh, 26 points in 37 minutes and Steph 19 not the best shooting night for him but 19 points in 33 minutes so we're past that stage of hand-wringing and freaking out it's a question of now seeing where you go from here right the bench is stabilized with Draymond and with Kaminga and Lamb and even DiVincenzo and Jamichael Green being more comfortable more solid and there's a lot of talk about the February 9 trade deadline and just trades in general. Bill Simmons, he floated one. Uh, these very Chicago Bulls, if they were to blow it up and just try to start over, that maybe the Warriors should trade for Alex Caruso. His version of that trade uh, included uh, Moses Moody, Dante DiVincenzo, and some draft stuff, uh, maybe some some other compensation, but those would be the two main players, Moody and DiVincenzo. And at first, me personally, I was like, oh, that's that's interesting because Caruso is a very, very good defender. He's uh, experienced in the postseason, won a title with the Lakers, even if it was in the bubble. And he's dependable. He's somebody that you could throw out there in – at, at any moment of the game, even in crunch time, if you wanted another uh, tough lockdown defender. And, you know, right now, 
it seems like it would be like, oh yeah, let's 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 do it, you know, and that solidifies so much. But then you lose. Uh, I think Divincenzo, he's he's solid. He's going to be uh, better and better as the season goes. But then, of course, like Caruso right now uh, is just a better fit. And if you're not playing Moody at all, then do you just go in on Caruso? That's a question. When I first heard that idea, I was like, oh, yeah, you know, uh, that is actually kind of appealing. Uh, Petey Bryan, who is a uh, listener, a watcher on YouTube, commented about that. And I hadn't heard that one. And this was before the Simmons podcast came out or before I heard it. And that actually intrigued me just to get Caruso on this team. Uh, because it would just really, really guarantee that you have another dude who is playoff tested and uh, lock things up. But right now, the Warriors in general, they're obviously, like I said, in a state of trying to rise up in the standings and then just basically, quote, unquote, seeing what we got here, you know, seeing how good Kaminga can be if Moody can crack the rotation, how much better DiVincenzo, how solid Lamb can be all the way can he be solid all the way through the season can he be somebody that you go to uh if you have to in the playoffs uh and you know those are really really big questions the good thing is it's like it's not all chaos like it was in the first month or so uh where you couldn't really figure anything out and now it's like the stabilization of the roster of the rotations uh of just the squad in the standings more or less gives the Warriors coaching staff, uh, the brass front office gives them like a baseline to look at and see where they go from here. And if Caruso is that guy, I mean, there's going to be other people bidding for him. And I don't know if that hypothetical offer uh, would be good enough if they get a better offer from someone else, but it's intriguing. Uh, the other version of this, of course, is everybody wants to move James Wiseman, right? And I get the frustration. Obviously, seeing his stint in the G League and him not dominating is disappointing, right? But he finally had a quote-unquote breakout game against the Stockton Kings. Talk G League right now. Wiseman played 27 minutes, 11 for 13 from the field, missed one three-pointer, uh, one for two from the free throw line, 13 boards, one steal, two blocks, uh, just one turnover, 24 points, minus four on the night. That is by far his best showing. And if you go and watch the highlight reel, <laughs> he just had a ton of dunks. He was going to the basket. He looked like he was dominating for the very first time. He had some emphatic dunks. And I've talked about how I want to see him get mad. I don't necessarily think he was mad per se, but he was showing emotion. And I think that's uh, a good thing, right? There's guys who show emotion. There's guys who don't. And within that kind of grouping of guys who don't show emotion, there's guys who are just kind of like uh, a little stoic. And then there's guys who you feel uh, maybe are lacking some fire. Early clay, right? Not very uh, communicative, not very uh, emotional for, for the most part on the court. Obviously, as he's gotten older and later in his career, he's been more uh, emotional and showed more of his personality. But Clay was just that kind of dude. He was just kind of stoic at first. But Wiseman, he seems, you know, a little reserved. So that's what you like to see from him. 
now it's just one game and it's still the G League, but at least it's a sign. It's a sign of something, sign of progress. There's a ton of people out there and I totally get it. I'm not saying that you guys are like <laughs> totally wrong, but there's a ton of people out there who are just done with Wiseman, like uh, move it along and, and go. And uh, that may be the case. There's a, a definite sense that his timeline, as opposed to even Kaminga's or Moody's timelines, just doesn't match. That he doesn't play well with Steph. That he's just a pick and roll guy. And that, you know, if you're going to try to like do this two timeline thing that, hey, there's a reason why when you <laughs> play the lottery, like the more chances you have, the better chance you have of winning, right? And, you know, the Warriors had three lottery picks. The dream, the ideal, the hope was that they would all pan out. And uh, the idea that, okay, Kamenga looks like he might pan out, Moody might. And then, hey, you know, you cut your losses with Wiseman and then just try to shore up the present and uh, improve the team so that they have a better shot at a title this year and even next year. So, you know, if you move Wiseman, then you don't necessarily lose your future because you have Kaminga, you have Poole uh, to some extent. Wiggins, even though he's not super young, he's still young. He's still like, what, 27, just approaching his prime. And uh, you can you can go from there, right? But uh, again, the Warriors overall, they're in this feel-out phase and they're feeling out what they have on the big league roster. And then you just basically see uh, what you need and then what that might take. And if Wiseman is that guy, so be it. You know, it is what it is. I'm very pragmatic. I'm a big Wiseman fan. have been since the very beginning, since all the scouting process started for, for the 2020 draft. But, you know, games like this, these are good signs because for one, of course, it means like, oh, okay, he's showing some life. Maybe he, <laughs> I, I was wondering how he might have reacted, if at all, to Kaminga's having his best game ever, uh, as Steve Kerr said, uh, against the Mavericks. And it's good to see that he he came out fighting. And um, that, that means something to me because it may not be directly correlated to Kamenga, but come on, right? There has to be some competitiveness there. And if it's the little things that Wiseman needs to figure out, hopefully he's doing that. And hopefully this is part of it. The first thing is to be aggressive and to use uh, your physicality and play with force. Granted, like I said, it's just one game and uh, whomever <laughs> was on the Kings, uh, they just got bodied and they just got owned. I'd like to see this from Wiseman against guys who are uh, better, who are as big, uh, more physical, and that would be the challenge. So these signs of him playing well are good because uh, maybe, he could, maybe he could make it back to the big league club sooner uh, than you think. Or maybe he increases his, his trade value. The NBA season is heating up and there are still so many unknowns. Like, will James Wiseman actually be on this Warriors team by the end of the season? I hope so. When I'm looking to get in on the action, I bet with DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. New customers can bet just $5 pregame money line on any NBA team to win their game and get $150 in free bets if they do. Check this out. Right now, everyone can earn up to a 100% boost with DraftKings stepped up same game parlays. 
Go to the DraftKings Sportsbook app, place the same game parlay, and combine multiple bets like which team will win, total rebounds, and more. The more legs you add, the bigger the boost, the bigger your shot to win big. The app is super easy to use. Just pop it open and do what you got to do, and you're good to go. Download the app now. Sign up with code TBPN. Place a $5 pregame money line bet on any NBA team to win their game and get $150 in free bets if they do. That's code TBPN, only at DraftKings Sportsbook. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. See show notes for details. I'm sure the Warriors want to give him a chance and see if it works out because, again, he's played, what, roughly 50 games in the NBA. And I know people are frustrated, and he's in his third season, but he's only played 50 games. And at a certain point, it's like, you understand that, but you just have to look at the situation and be like, okay, but we need to uh, shore things up. This team needs to be better to compete not just in the West, but against whatever Eastern teams they might see in the finals. So this isn't very definitive and whatnot, but uh, it's just kind of a, a, a wider view, at least that I'm taking, of how this is all going. Like I said, I'm a huge Wiseman fan. I'll be bummed if he gets traded uh, because it'll just prove to me that like, oh, it's a bummer. It didn't work. Oh, we didn't draft Tyrese Halliburton, right? Because in a universe... Uh, another universe, uh, the Warriors could have had a combination of Tyrese Halliburton and Franz Wagner uh, and Trey Murphy III. Granted, like, you know, <laughs> you draft Tyrese Halliburton, then things change. It's not necessarily that the Warriors will fall into the same spot or the or the um, Timberwolves fall into the same spot, right? The butterfly effect of changing one thing in the past and then uh, having that affect the future. But uh, it, it's a bummer that the two more talented uh, lotto picks for the Warriors have had, you know, basically basketball feel issues, right? Kaminga, he's coming into his own, obviously a little bit more now. And then Wiseman still, I mean, if he had the reps that uh, Kaminga and Moody had even last year, I mean, I noted when those guys passed Wiseman in terms of games played last season when Wiseman was still on the bench. Cause I was like, dang, Wiseman hasn't played in a long, long time. And this was when we were still hoping for the kid to come back. But, you know, people point out that when you have Wiseman on the court, you lose. And when he's not on the court, you win. Uh, I see that coincidence. I don't necessarily think it's a direct correlation. I don't blame the 2020-21 season on him. That team was just bad, you know, had ill-fitting pieces it was in triage mode after clay towards achilles they had wiseman they saw him they put him out there and they didn't know how to develop a guy they just said like let's see this uh huge talented athletically gifted guy sink or swim and there were issues it's hard to play with steph it's hard uh, in the sense that it's a complex system of read and react and for a guy who hadn't played he played three college games and no summer league and the three college games, I think, were like 10 months prior to his first preseason game. That, uh, And then he also had like COVID, <laughs> his uh, rookie preseason. So the guy didn't have enough reps. And you hear reps all the time. And at a certain point, it becomes like a, to some people, like a tired excuse. But I think that uh, it's all fair and valid. And then uh, last season when they won the title, I mean, some people say that if he was on the team, then maybe they don't win the title or if he was actually playing uh, and that because he was gone, they were better. I don't necessarily think that's true. Uh, I think actually last season would have been 
a much easier landing spot for James Wiseman because there were more vets, because there wasn't as much pressure. I mean, the pressure that was on James Wiseman and the young guys at the beginning of this season was far more similar to what he encountered his rookie year, right? Well, it's like, okay, you guys get out here. We expect you guys to perform and they don't, right? And it wasn't just him. It was Moody, it was Kamenga, Jordan Poole, Clay Thompson, and, you know, and the rest of the vets besides Wiggins and uh, Steph were, you know, hot and cold on various evenings, right? So there's a lot of stuff going on. You can't just blame it all on on Wiseman. That being said, I'm not trying to make excuses, but to me, he's not a a bust per se, or he's not uh, a lost cause. If he gets traded to a team where they use him in pick and roll and he can afford to, you know, play 25, 30 minutes, mess up a lot because that team is tanking or because they have no choice because that team is just not good, then he might develop into something a lot faster. It's tough. It's tough, right? I mean, you say like, oh, would Franz Wagner have gotten as many minutes on the Warriors last season? Would Trey Murphy have gotten as many minutes? Definitely not as much as they got on their respective teams, the Magic and Pelicans, but it's it's tough, right? It's it's, it's all hypothetical. It's all conjecture. And, um, and that's what makes being a fan so uh, fun and sometimes frustrating. That being said, um, in terms of what I trade Wiseman for Caruso, oh, man. <laughs> I don't know if I would. I don't know if I'm just holding on to, to Wiseman uh, too much. Uh, but uh, thankfully, we get some time to see if it's worth it. If the Warriors decide to move Wiseman for a Caruso or somebody else who helps them win now, and if Kaminga and Moody kind of you know become the future with Poole, Wiggins, etc., then I'm okay with that. You know, I'm definitely okay with that. I will root for James Wiseman on whatever other team he's on, as long as I'm not playing the Warriors, because he seems like a good kid. And he just got a uh, a really, really, really raw deal to the start of his career, whether you go back to Memphis and the NCAA screwing him. Um, and then, of course, uh, the pandemic, COVID, it paused everything. And then getting COVID at the beginning of his rookie year and then being thrown out there and then getting hurt. It's just, uh, it's not all on him, right? He's, it's circumstances exactly. And again, if the Warriors were not in the position to compete for a title, then he has a longer runway. And he had a long runway at the beginning of the season, right? But a lot of people just blamed him and just saw that like, okay, he's not on the court and they're winning. He's in the G league and they're winning, but you know what? Like <laughs> he was benched and they were still losing before he went to the G league. So I'm not trying to be absolute and say that Wiseman is uh, the future. I still believe that he has a very, very, very good career ahead of him. It's just a question of like, if it makes sense now, and that is the bottom line right now, hard to say there's people who are like, decided one way or the other, like they want to keep him or they want to move him for Jakob Pertle. You know, it's a, it's a tough call. It really is, at least to me. So um, anyway, the Warriors, they got the Rockets early on Saturday today, actually. So that game is in just several, several hours. So I'm going to cut this one off there and uh, check that one out. And I'll see you on the other side of that. 
All right. That is another episode of the Oakland Warriors podcast. Be sure to subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. Feel free to hit me up on Twitter at Patrick E. Pino or at Oakland Warriors. Check out our YouTube channel where you can watch this episode, youtube.com slash Oakland Warriors. Check us out at oaklandwarriors.com and be sure to tell your fellow Warrior fan friends to tune in and listen. The Oakland Warriors podcast is produced by National Film Society and is a part of the Basketball Podcast Network. And if you're so inclined, please do leave us a five-star rating on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. And if you want to leave us a nice review saying good stuff about the show, on Apple Podcasts, that would be hugely, hugely appreciated and it would be very, very helpful. Thanks. That's it. Music in this episode provided by Paper Sun. Special thanks to Paul Amardo for production support. See you next time. <laughs>